Welcome to Let's Chat, an ongoing conversation with youth workers and leaders about student ministry and whatever else we end up talking about. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode will focus on engaging and partnering with parents. And as part of our discussion, we are going to be talking about how to connect with the parents in your ministry in ways that are helpful, as well as pointing out what kinds of resources you can provide to parents that will make you look like an absolute rock star. I'm your host, J.M. McGinnis, and today I am thrilled to be joined today via Zoom by Amanda Balmer, high school pastor at Flint Central Church of the Nazarene in Flint, Michigan. Say hi, Amanda. Hello. Also by Bailey Medley, student, student ministries pastor at the Naz Church in Grove City, Ohio. Hey. And then last but not least, David Eaton, president and co-founder of Axis. It's an organization providing a variety of resources to parents and youth workers designed to translate culture into useful tools. Say hi, David. What's going on, everybody? David, you got a long handle there. That's a 25, 25 cent so handle. Sorry. I didn't know. It's impressive. We're, we're excited. We would consider David an expert in this particular field. And that's part of the reason why we have come to just, you know, listen and learn at his feet and talk back and forth with him. Um, some of the questions we're going to be talking about is why is it important to engage parents as the youth leader? Is it why is it important at all? Can we just do it without them? Uh, but I will say without parents, it's hard to have youth ministry just from a practical point of view. Um, and then what have you done to intentionally equip parents in your ministry? I'd love to hear from your ideas and your experiences, your failures. Those are the best ways to learn. Have you ever felt any resistance or apathy among parents when it comes to engaging them in your ministry? Anybody ever push back and just not be kind of in it with you or for you or in, in other ways, just not really interested, not and aggressively, just kind of meh. And then finally, what are the best tools that you've incorporated into your ministry that we can point our listeners to let's jump in. So the why question, very important. Why is it important to engage parents as the youth leader? Amanda, would, would you take a stab at that one? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's very important to engage uh, parents in youth ministry. Parents are still the most influential people in the lives of our students. We think there's uh, social media and us and coaches and all of those are influential, but at the end of the day, parents are still that number one influence. And so um, to invest in them and engage in them is to engage with your students um, and to impact their life and their discipleship. Um, and I think about it, we get this, this nugget of time when they're in middle school or high school, and sometimes we get a little bit before and hopefully we have some influence after but at the end of the day, no matter if the family unit is um, is blended or divorced or, or anything like that, we have all these different types of family units. Um, the family and parents are still so essential. They've had the most amount of time with their student than we've had, um, and their voice definitely carries. So therefore, it's, it's very important that we engage with our students' families uh, in youth ministry. How about you guys? What do you think? What? Why is it important? And, and also, what happens if we don't? Does, does it matter? I'll do it. Go and for it. Bailey, you can bring it home. So <laughs> I have, for all of you wonderful listeners out there, I have come across something that was amazing this last year. A friend of mine mentioned it to me on a phone call, and I'm like, you need to send me that study right away. And he did not. And so I kept pestering him, and I kept following up with him. It's like, you're making some pretty big claims. And I've been looking. <laughs> you know, our experience at Axis is that, look, I mean, youth pastors, I'm a part-time youth pastor. I get like 
40 minutes once a week uh, and another extra hour once a month. And it's just, and then a third of the kids come every week, another third of the kids come every other week, another third of the kids come once a month. So, I mean, it's just like mm -hmm. such a, it's hard. It's really hard right? because I just see so much life go past where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be with these kids for like five or six years. So that's what I'm like focused on. Well, parents mm -hmm. and parents get 60 years. So, you know, if, if we're a youth pastor who gets like a full six years with our kids, parents are still going to get 10 X the amount of time. Wow. And the story that's so key to access before it hits you with the stat that my friend sent is we had a young lady say to us, she says, I've only had one real conversation with my dad. And it's mm. like, well, that's a big problem. I guess that's why it's good to have youth pastors in. And, uh, mm. and uh, so, yeah, I said, I only have one real conversation with my dad. And then the challenge was, is that her dad was a pastor and her dad was a Christian university president for two decades. Oh. And her dad was a, board member at Axis. So it's like, you only have one, this is like one of my heroes right here. This guy's the man. Like, how, how are you only have one conversation? But then his daughter, who's probably like Amanda and Bailey's age, she smiled. And she said again, she says, I've only had one real conversation with my dad and we've never stopped having that one conversation. Mm, that's solid. And so that's the opportunity. But sometimes it's hard to have that conversation if you have an eight to 18 year old. Right. And I know, and I got to give you this step. Okay, so this is, um, there's a guy named Christian Smith in Notre Dame, and he has been the expert on the faith formation of teenagers in the United States. So mm. from like any religion or non-religion, okay. how, how do you shape this uh, moral compass? Been studying it for 20 years. He is the guy and ran the National Study for Youth and Religion. He came out with a book last year called Handing Down the Faith, and it was all about parents. Mm. This is what he says. And again, I think this... This is refreshing to me as a youth worker mm -hmm. because I know it's true that I can't have, I mean, I can support these families, but I can't replace it. This is what he said. After two decades studying the religious and spiritual lives of American adolescents, I turned to studying religious parenting. The good news is that among all possible influences, parents exert far and away the greatest influence on their children's religious outcomes. All right, mm -hmm. we're still going. He said, stated differently, the bad news is that nearly all human responsibility for religious directories of children's lives falls on their parents' shoulders. Ouch. The empirical evidence is clear. In almost every case, no other institution or program comes close to shaping their youth religiously as their parents do. Not religious congregations, not youth groups, not faith-based schools, not mission and service trips, not summer camps, not Sunday school, not youth ministers, or anything else. Those influences can reinforce the influence of parents, but almost never do they surpass or override it. What makes ever this is last sentence, last sentence. You lasted well. I'm this ready. Is the longest answer, Jam, but you know, I, I, was, ready. I was ready. Um, it says, <laughs> What makes every other influence pale into virtual insignificance is the importance of religious beliefs and practices of American parents in their ordinary lives, not only on Sunday or holy days, but every day throughout weeks and years. So, mm -hmm. that I mean, you just asked me for my one sermon and I gave it to you. Parents are where it's at. Youth pastors, we get to support and resource those parents. Ooh, teed it up for him and gone. That one's out of the park. That was well done. <laughs> Bailey, follow well, I mean, how? How do you follow that? You can do but it. It's so, no, it's so good. Like, I love that. And it's so true because, like, it's. I'm just going to echo everything they said. Like, the parent is the one who is is leading and is making that impact and is putting in the time and the effort. But, like... We get the unique opportunity to be a cheerleader for the student and the parent, but like the family collectively. And mm -hmm. so if that's 
if those statistics are true, which I have absolutely no doubt that they are, it's mm -hmm. if that's what the truth is and that's what our reality is, like why, if we have the same goal of investing mm -hmm. in the lives of students and walking alongside them and helping them take even just one step closer to, mm -hmm. you know, further in their relationship with God and closer to who he's calling them to be at that stage of their lives and um, investing in habits and patterns and just mm -hmm. growing as like a Christian and a disciple mm -hmm. of Jesus, like, why would we work separately? Mm -hmm. um, so how, why wouldn't we just walk hand in hand and partner? Cause we have the same goal and we're going to go um, much farther with a quote. What's the quote? If you want to go um, fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so if we want to go far in the lives of students, if we want to help them travel farther and be equipped and independent um, as individuals and have their uh, relationship with God, not be, dependent on a program or a person, like mm. it requires partnering with parents because we yeah. want to go farther and we want to help them go farther as Christians. So, yeah, I love the analogy of the conversation. Uh, so am I hearing that our role is not to s replace the parent in that conversation because that conversation won't end, right? It is to become a part of the conversation, right? Participant in it, because if we're in the conversation with them, then we get to hear as much as possible. Now, we're not going to be an all the time participant, but as many times as we have the opportunity to join the conversation, right? Have you ever walked up on a conversation where you only caught the first half and you're like, wait, are you guys talking about? And no, they have to bring you up to speed. That sometimes may be our experience. But I think a lot of times, I don't know about in your ministries, but for sure in mine, I've been so nervous about that moment that I didn't want to engage in the conversation because I wasn't exactly sure what was going on that I decided to abdicate. I just said, well, I'll just, I'm sure they kind of know what they're doing. And I don't want to, honestly, I was avoiding the awkward. Um, and they say this, this study that I read was about 10 years old, but for every student who is in my ministry, whose parents don't support them spiritually for every 10, only one of them continues their faith after they leave my group. So if their parents aren't on board while they're in my ministry, then one in 10 won't continue. So it is, it just on a number standpoint, it increases the odds of a student continuing in their faith after they leave your ministry, if you will engage their parents in some way into the church so that their student sees that this is something that we do. Otherwise, this is only a temporary thing that we do, like, you know, lacrosse while I'm in high school, or it's a, it's a club that I'm joining that you're not really into, but you'll come watch the games. Um, imagine if they never watched the games, how into it would they be? So, yeah, so it we can either, right, join the conversation is what I hear, or what have you tried that didn't work? That, I mean, honestly, what have you tried that, that did not? What's our other option? So what have we tried that didn't work with kids? Well, to engaging their parents, like if, if you don't engage their parents, we've, we've, I think we've agreed. That's yeah. not good. That, that doesn't so, help. Yeah. When the whole parent thing, like I'll just, okay. So we just, all the step parents are awesome. And, and it's actually not true. Not all parents are awesome. That's true. Some, some parents, we, as, as youth workers, we're the surrogate parents. Mm-hmm. We're the ones in their life where they have grandparents raising them or there's uh, the church really becomes the, the family of God for them uh, fully because they don't have a supportive parent. So I just want to let that be a part of it. But 
I'll say it's, it's just hard. I mean, there's so much that's going on. So just to empathize, empathize, empathize with the parents out there is like, there's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. And we live in a culture where we can, if you have a little bit of means or even not, you can outsource their, uh, you know, baseball yeah. coach. You can outsource their math tutor. You can get them a fort, a fortnight mentor. You can like, you can outsource all of these things. And I don't see a huge problem with that, but you cannot outsource the spiritual development of the child. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a temptation for parents to be like, this is just another thing that I outsource. And so mm-hmm. just to have that consistent, long suffering, patient messaging of like, Hey, I'm here to resource you. Don't, I, I can't, I'm not here to outsource you. Like you can't outsource this to me. I'm here to resource you. I'm in your corner. I love it when your kid comes. I love your kids. Jesus loves your kids. We're here to shape as much as we can. I'm on your team. I'm in your corner. This is hard. It's different. You've got this. Like, I think that needs to be. And so what I, we encourage access creates a lot of resources that are just little. They just, they just kind mm-hmm. of come just in time. Use every other one. It's going to skyrocket your relationship with your yep. kid or even as youth pastors, but just to say to parents over and over again, you need anything, contact me whenever you want. And to say it over and over and over again, like, hey, you're the number one influence in your kid's life. You know, you've got this, you're allowed to make mistakes. Like Mm -hmm. you're gonna be there, whether they're in prison or the next president or the next professional athlete, whatever it is, like you're gonna be there. So just that Mm -hmm. repetitive messaging over years Mm -hmm. is really important for churches. Now, so I would look around the screen and see myself as probably the older elder statesman in the group. I do remember when I was 22 and 23, approaching a parent to talk to them about their kid. They're like, you know what? You're about 10 minutes older than my kid. So just give it a little bit longer before you give me some advice. Have you ever experienced that? And how do you, how do you um, yes, manage absolutely. that? I'll, we'll, we'll let the ladies jump in, chime in here soon. But this is the thing. You're not an expert on parenting, you 22 year old. And you're an expert on the kids. And that's the position that you come at it from. Mm-hmm. Access has never positioned ourselves as like, hey, we're the smartest people about parenting out there. No, we are students of the rising generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used to be, I am a millennial. I used to be like that 25-year-old. I started Access when I was 23. And it was really easy to be that like, hey. But even now, what our whole organization does Sometimes we look at books by Christian Smith called Handing Down the Faith. That's interesting. But most of the time, we're trying to figure out what's going on and just say, mm-hmm. here's how you love and communicate with your kid. All right, Amanda, Bailey, what do you think? <laughs> I, I started ministry at 22, so I can empathize um, JM with that. Of <laughs> I, I was connecting more with the students. It was a lot easier to do that. Mm-hmm. And the adults knew I cared, so it wasn't that enough, right? right the um, church wasn't on fire, so what is? what more do you exactly, want? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Nobody and died so, at the last youth meeting. What that? That's an A+. Plus. Yes, and that's, I mean, that's what you go to school for and talk about, and I wish I would have had some more classes or psychology mm-hmm. classes or something to help me work with adults more, especially when I was in my early years of ministry, because they are so essential and important, and just as you are a student of your, your students and their culture, you are a student of these parents. Um, part of your job is to get to know them um, because again, their impact and their influence is, is so big. And so just to assume that they are getting fed in an adult ministries program, um, mm-hmm. if they go to church, um, isn't, right. isn't always the best mindset because maybe they're not learning what they need to learn as a parent of Gen Z. And so they do need us and we need them uh, in youth ministry together. 
Yeah, no, that's, I had a similar experience. I think I started out in 22, like I was 22 when I started and I'm almost 30 now, but I feel like a lot of parents still think that I look like I'm like 20. And so the first youth ministry position I had, I went up to a parent and handed them a packet for a trip and they thought I was a student playing a prank on them, uh, trying to convince them <laughs> that I was the adult. And I was like, no, I swear I am like, I am responsible. I will take care of your child. Um, and so I 100% get that. And I don't have kids. So it's like a lot of parents are looking at me like, you are a kid. You don't have a kid. How are you going to talk to me about my kid? Um, but again, like we are, we are students of this generation. We are students of um, figuring out how to kind of be the bridge for, from students and where they're at. Because I have a lot of parents that look at me and just say like, like what language is my kid speaking? Like they're saying all these things. They're walking around and like with TikTok dances, you know, whatever, like they're looking at their kid like they're from another planet in certain stages or seasons. And it's like, how can we bridge? How can we help translate? How can we help them understand what's going on, but also um, help them talk back and speak into their student's life and help them realize like they can be cool, but even cool, like in the sense that um, they can have valuable input in their student's life and in the things that they enjoy and they can invest in that. And so it's just kind of that uh, meeting them there and speaking into that. You almost need a culture translator or something uh, that would be helpful. David, <laughs> do you just offer or provide anything that would be, because I would say the best and first gift you can give to parents is a way to know what their teens mean when they say fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I wish there was an organization that had a resource. <laughs> I mean, like in, in all your searching and, and <laughs> so access as a resource called the culture translator. Oh. And thank you, JM, for teeing that up. Mm -hmm. We send it out to 175,000 parents every single Friday. It is like, I just, I'm so proud of it. I've, I don't think I've ever written. One well, one. you should be. Um, <laughs> the team works so hard and we have a, team of young bloods who were like 22 and 28 and et cetera. And we even got a dad in there. He, he helps the dad helps every now and then too. And our job is just to do the research. We're here to be your research assistant. So on Friday, it shows up in your inbox. If you go to access.org, AXIS.org, it'll say, here are three things going on in your kid's life. And here's a slang term. And here's a little bit about what scripture says on it. I would just encourage you to sign up and read every other one. If you read every other one, your parent, your kids will think you're like, like a mind ninja. <laughs> They'll be like, how do you know what this is? What are you doing? And so you either have a, you can either um, divert and not answer the questions. That's one option. <laughs> and uh, deceive, lie. I'm not saying that, but you know, just kind you of. You could, that's an option. That's a choice you can make. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just awesome. I am the coolest 48 year old mom you've ever seen and cool mom or you could just say another thing that works is like i love you and i really care about your world and i know it's a little bit different here or there and so i'm just trying to figure out what's going on because you are important to me and i love you so much i'm having one conversation with you last lifetime kiddo so good that's good yeah i if if we as youth workers i think pretend that that um avoiding the parents and that they will just get it over time and trust us if we never talk to them. That's a fallacy. I will, I would say this, and we'll move on to the next question. It's just kind of a last word. Don't give up. 
right? If the first time it doesn't work with the parent, keep trying. Uh, you put enough calendars in their hands and their kids start talking enough about the things that you're doing, they're gonna need more information from you. So just keep the flow flowing. Um, and every opportunity you have, um, bring them coffee, uh, offer to help and whatever they need. Because in that moment of crisis, what, if they know your name, they will call on you. If they don't know you, then they won't call you. Um, but in, with that in mind, how, what have you guys done to intentionally in your ministry engage and equip parents so they do not only know your name, but have something they can put in their back pocket? Um, how have you adjusted your programming or communications or communication or resources? What have you done that, that says to parents, we're for you and we want to be with you and help you? Bailey, give it, give it a crack. Yeah. Um, so we kind of have a wide range. I focus mostly with our high school students, um, but also with our fifth through 12th, which is our youth ministry. And so, um, but we do a lot of things as a next gen um, to try to support parents, to encourage parents, uh, whether it's a parent's night out or um, we have certain things like one night during our VBS where we have parents come and they get to get together with other parents and just talk. And so they get that time away from, you know, maybe the craziness of kids, but they got to sit and have coffee and say like, oh, wait, your kid's going through that. My kid's going through mm. that and got to have community with other parents. Um, which is are important, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Just setting up hands for, like... Dry. Yes. Like just setting up for conversation and like connection, um, because you feel a lot less alone when you realize you're not the only one going through it. And so, um, just providing parents with opportunities for that. Um, uh, but specifically with youth, um, we utilize access. And so we've given uh, conversation kits and, um, just like the, all of those things, like we've done that and, uh, parent guides, like I've had so many parents reach out to me and to be able to say, Hey, here's this, your kid is talking about this. Like, here's this for you. Um, let's talk about it because I know your student. And so I know what they've said to me. Um, and of course, keeping confidence with students, but being able to talk to their parents so that they can talk to their student because I want to be a safe space for them, but I don't want that to be just someplace where it comes to me and it stops because again, we want them to talk to their parent about it. And so providing opportunities like that. Um, we have a parent update that goes out every Monday. Um, it talks about all of our events that are coming up. Um, but it also goes through whenever we talk about a certain topic, like especially during um, this past couple years with all the crazy stuff, we've talked about uh, racial injustice. And we sent out something to parents saying, hey, we're talking about this. Um, these are some of the things that we're going to be talking about. Here's some questions you can ask your kid after they get back from youth this week. Um, these are what they're going to be talking about, but here's what you can talk to them about. Maybe um, some opening questions for you. Um, we talked about different things um, and we give them a heads up anytime we talk about something where it might be outside of where they would have their student. Like we talked about Hamilton one week, we did like a movie series and play series. And so we talked about that, but just keeping them in the loop about what we're talking about. Um, and we tell them what we're talking about each series each month. And so it might oh, seem like overkill, but if the parent reads it and they look, um, they'll be informed, they'll know. And then that gives them at least the opportunity uh, to have those conversations and just dig in a little deeper. Yeah, let me jump in on this because I love that. First of all, huge fan of you, Bailey. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, those products can all be found at access, access.com. So I good. Can't wait to like, this just makes my Send day. Makes Send my you week. Things. 
I'm going to send this to the board at Axis because this is why we exist. We exist because of people like you loving kids. And parents mm-hmm. do that and youth workers do it. All right. So as, as we think about Axis, we hear feedback on there's a nice dichotomy you can like live in as a youth worker or as a parent. Um, there's the proactive and there's a the reactive, right? It's nice to be proactive. It's nice to be ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. It's nice to like, feel like you have what's going on. Not all of us are proactive people. So it takes a little bit more energy every now and then. Mm. And, you know, you read the culture translator every other week. You grab an eye, you know, an idea out of there and you'll, you'll be, you'll feel good. You're going to feel like you're going to feel ready and it feels good to feel ready. Now, this is when things get tough is when something reactive happens. Mm. And so you're like looking through your kid's backpack and like all of a sudden you find something. Uh, you, I mean, a horror story, a horror story is a friend of mine. Uh, his daughter was posting some kind of depressed stuff on the internet, Instagram, TikTok. His her older sister said, mm. "Dad, you need to check on her right now." Like mm-hmm. this is some weird stuff. And he goes in and finds his daughter's fifteen-year-old daughter's body slumped on the floor of the bathroom. Wow! She's just taking a fistful of like psychiatric pills. Mm. And so that's a one conversation. Dad scooping his daughter up off the floor saving her life because of social media and the other daughters seeing it and mm. hitting her stomach pump, throwing cash at a solution here. So these are like reactive situations. Now, that was kind of a deep one. Uh, but the point is, is that as a youth pastor, Axis's parent guides, we have a hundred of these, they're 10 pages long each. You know, you could have a parent come to you and say, my kid is filling the blank. My, mm-hmm. kid's, my kid is cutting, my kid is, uh, you know, compulsively playing video games my kid is like one social media my kid has like grown up third arm and it's called a smartphone i don't know how to take away this appendage and like i'm fighting all the time and then what you get to do is you get to listen and pray and be that pastor mm-hmm. and sometimes access can serve you and just be like and here's a 10-page document that's going to help you just have a better idea of what snapchat is and mm-hmm. so you don't have to fuss with like, let me try to pull together this research for you and what TikTok is. You can say, here, I'm going to give you like the language about mm-hmm. what this thing is. And then you're going to be the pastor. And that, and that's what you're doing, Bailey. Ah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I get some pretty, so I get emails all the time. I get like Carrie Newhoff. I get all kinds of big names. When the culture translator, I, I scroll down for that one. I don't just archive it. I read that one every time um, because it is a succinct, Two helpful and three, uh, just it's educational. I mean, it's, it's solid, solid stuff. Absolutely. We had uh, our our adults jumping on that, and I had a teen run up to me saying, "What did you send my parent? Like, what are they getting? Because they're using all this slang and emojis and things like that." And he's out here snitching. He's telling. Like, how does that make you feel to see your parent engaging? And they're like, I hate it. No, um, but it is good. Like these are great tools. And that's one easy one that goes to your email. I know we've used um, the parent guides similarly to, to Bailey, where if a parent calls, they have access to that. Um, we at my church I was at previously, we had a QR code wall where parents could come up and QR code that parent guide and have it right on their phone. Nice. Um, 
Send me is, a picture of that. I need a picture of that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, send it see, to everybody. We all, with we all the app that. now, it's so much more helpful. It's not just the mm. desktop for access, but parents can now use the app, which is a little more um, eco-friendly than, than making a QR code wall. Um, but even the conversation kits, we would have uh, once a month, parents would come together. We would choose a topic, um, play out our year, and we watch video one together and discuss it. And so they're like, okay, I can go home and have these conversations. I can rewatch this with my teen. I'm ready to go. And some would, and some would say more of the reactive thing where if this comes up, I know this was a good video and resource, but that was even a monthly way that parents could engage. They could um, spend some time being proactive. And it's that, that source of me too. They're probably not going to go on their Facebook wall and saying, Hey, my, my son, my daughter's struggling with pornography. What should I do? Like it's, they're not going to do that. But in that space, it's like, oh my, like my family is too. And those events, those monthly gatherings with the conversation kits, supplementing with the parent guide, um, access has been just such a blessing to the parents and for me, because then I don't have to spend all day researching. Like they have it easy and accessible for me as a leader um, and as a quipper of parents as well. Yeah. And there's that, there's that really beautiful moment when I was walking behind a parent who had just gotten their, their guide and had been reading the culture translator. And their kid said something to me and the parent without even turning around said, that's cat. And the kid stopped in his tracks and laid on the ground. <laughs> and he goes, where did you hear that? He goes, and he looked at me and goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm sorry. I just, I, I want him to be, you know, on trend. And there he's like, I'm out. of." And he literally ran out of the building. Couldn't take that his, that his parents were up on his particular verbiage blew his mind. But yeah. So all of these pieces, I think what we're saying is give them everything and let them sort through what is necessary in those moments, because all it does is continue to build the bridge between us and them. And it gives them materials to build the bridge between them and their child. Right. Because if, if relationships are bridges, you know, the more the sturdier the bridge, the more truth you can send across it. And so every piece we give them is one more brick in the bridge that allows them to get to their student. Because if, if it's an Indiana Jones style bridge, right, if it's rickety, falling apart, they can't send much truth across there when the moment arrives that it's necessary. Or the, if it's the other Indiana Jones bridge, that's in That's history. right. That's right. They don't <laughs> even know. Take that, Amanda Bailey. Take those cultural references from there. Yep. And your market set, date. Um, <laughs> so these are things, I think all of these are good. If you're listening out there, uh, again, most of these resources come from Access, um, but most of what you're hearing is an understanding that they need it, that parents need our help, and everything we can give them is, is best. Um, now, have you guys ever felt a resistance like an, or an apathy when it comes to parents engaging? Uh, you know, sometimes they, again, don't go to our church. I think we talked about that earlier. Or sometimes they're just like, I got it, or they're just like, I just, it's too much, or they're overwhelmed. Um, how do you handle that kind of, of response to the bricks we're handing handing them david go for it let me take this hand me that baton got it of, of course in the same way that i feel discouraged at access or i feel discouraged with my kids or there's just they just need to be told over and over and over again so for the parents new passage out there you've got this you can do this like the holy spirit will use you in the rising generation's life uh you can't be ready all the time, but you're going to be there all the time. And I did another crazy story is with uh, some friends of mine. They have a son and he's like 
he's the son is just like an athletic monster i mean he's just a man child you know what i mean like just big boy strong good looking kid plays soccer kid totally broke his leg while playing soccer and senior year and you know what this mom and that the mom and dad they were in the stands and they heard the kid's leg pop you know what i'm saying and that's that's what that's what that's the kind of parents they are they were there and like as youth pastors it's like i get one hour a week you know and maybe they're coming to church or not. And sometimes I go to events and sometimes I don't. But these parents, you are going to be there. There's no one more influential than you. So there's this, I would say, there is just that consistent reminder, like, hey, have the Deuteronomy 6 conversation with your kid. When you lie, when you rise, when you sit, when you stand, when you're in the drive through line for Chick-fil-A, going to volleyball practice, like, just keep the conversation flowing. You've got this. Again, I'm being redundant on this because this needs to be heard because when they see is they just see parents are idiots. They see parents are losers. They see parents are failures. No one ever wins at the parenting game. There's this dread of having a teenager when in reality, like you are going to be successful parents. Mm-hmm. You hang in there, you are going to be successful. And sure, there's weird stuff right now. Like, of course there's weird stuff, but that's why Bailey and Amanda, they're gonna help you. They're gonna help you. Yep. I would say it's easy in the midst of resistance or apathy to get discouraged as a youth pastor of, you know, they're not reading my emails. They're not participating. Like I am trying all that I can do. And I think our job, we need to, I guess, reconfigure our expectations of my job isn't to have a parent read every single email. My job is to be there for the parents when they're ready to cross that bridge or sit at that table, that it is prepared, that it is ready. And that I have resources when they are able and ready. And so it's easy to breed negativity when, when parents are resisting or being apathetic or not involved, but we need to see parents as they're trying their best, that they are more than the worst case scenarios that, um, our job is to be there for them when they're ready. Um, we are going to be ready to engage in those conversations and do what we can to resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that Well, and I was just thinking too, like, parents that whether they're like super, super into it, they're apathetic or they're like, I don't get it. I don't even know how to start. Like we have parents along that whole spectrum. And so when you're engaging with them, like I just think of people are so unique and our students are so unique. And so students aren't going to like some of the events that we plan or some of the activities or whatever. And parents are going to be the same way. Some of them are going to get super passionate about this and some are going to get super passionate about this. And so I think, um, again, like don't give up, keep going, um, and encouraging them and saying like, you can do this, you've got this. Um, but giving them varying, um, opportunities to do that, that are bite-sized so that they don't feel like they're biting off this huge thing that it's going to require, you know, so much more out of their time to grow. Um, and so like we did, we have a preteen service. And so when I was over that, um, it goes alongside our main services and we did a series called eating with Jesus. And so I'm a big believer that community happens with food. And so we invited parents (laughs) for that month, come one service to your kid's service. We're going to have breakfast. You can have breakfast with your kid and like experience their service. Um, but we talked about all like different areas where Jesus talked over food. And so, but we gave parents that opportunity. We literally sat them at a table with their kid over donuts, over biscuits and gravy, over pancakes, over whatever. Mm -hmm. And like some parents were in because it involved food. Like they could have cared less, but they were there. And then some parents, we invite them to go um, tubing with us because it's an event for their kid and they literally just get to have fun. Um, And so there are gonna be parents that are like, I don't get this. 
but they might get this. And so switch it up, change it up. You know, um, being consistent doesn't have to be um, fitting into a box of what it looks like because parents and families don't fit in boxes. And so uh, making our ways of trying to approach them, but trying to help them communicate, match that um, just unique opportunities and qualities and just difference. And I would say, uh, you know, I gave like my answer was, hey, you might feel alone. You might feel like you're always losing. But it is you that like, hey, there's a long game here and you're mm-hmm. going OK, but I will say in the short game, which is what we feel. And this is what parents come to access for their five of the top reasons they come to access. They've told us this is true. This is the felt need. And so at your church, if you have resources to speak to some of these, that you're going to hit the middle of the bell curve where they're like, OK, my church cares about what I'm going through with my kids. The first one. Everybody get a pen if you're listening. Grab a pen or pull your car over. Here they come. Social media, cultural trends, screen time, mental health, sexuality. Those Mm. are the five. Not easy. Uh, I think the smartphone is a great place to start because parents like agree. Like, oh my goodness, there's so many things going on. Some of this is scary. This is really impacting. Um, My kid has less hope in their life because of this phone. So, but... That's also a big battleground between them and the kids. So they have to approach that. They have to tiptoe into that. I think that one needs to be uh, more cautious. Mental health, that's a great one. Everyone wants to talk about it. A lot of parents, like like me, I grew up, I didn't know what the word anxiety meant. We didn't talk about anxiety in junior high. We didn't talk about anxiety in high school. We didn't talk about anxiety until I was out of college, right? It was just, but now there's like, it's a full language. And that's a common thing to, to get around and say, let's talk about our mental and what does that what does that look like? And access has resources and all of these. There's a lot of different places that you can jump in on those. Yeah, my wife's an LPC, and that's the number one thing she's seeing students with right now. Like as a mm-hmm. professional counselor, anxiety not even close. It's number one, um, followed closely by depression and sometimes linked. And so, if giving parents tools to to just start the conversation, because that's hard to just sit down. Hey, can we just talk about anxiety and just stare at them? Say, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm getting a lot of it right now. Can I leave? That just doesn't help. Um, <laughs> finding ways to slip into that conversation instead of kick the door in. I think that's, that's huge. Um, so we talked a lot about the ways that we've used access. We've talked a lot about um, different ministry pieces. What if there's one question here that I wanted to hit. What do you say to youth workers out there saying, yeah, but parents connected to our ministries just don't get it. Like they just aren't there. What would you say to them? Just as quick, just a quick help them. Yeah, I think that's um, it's always interesting because as a when you're a youth pastor on that spectrum, sometimes we skew a little young, right? And so we'll be under 30 and it's we really connect with the kids, kids first. We actually feel like uh, more separated from the parents' generation. Mm. Uh, And then every now and then there'll be a youth pastor who has been more tenured, and that's amazing. That is amazing as well. I just say, if, if you say parents don't get it, I'm sure the parent says you don't get it too. Yeah. And that might be true on both there, fronts. There's, there's a place to meet in the middle. It's, it's really when the, when the strategy comes around to it, not a whole lot of youth pastors in the Bible. Um, there's a lot of parents in the Bible, unless you think Jesus is a youth pastor because his disciples are pretty young. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we could say Rabbi Jesus as he's, just working those disciples over, asking them tough questions, making them do hard things. I mean, that that's there. 
Um, but it's it's one of those. It's just a long game. So that discipleship is a long game. And like mm-hmm. we get to be a part of like the two year discipleship or the six year discipleship. And we're there to, to bolster the 60 year or, you know, and sometimes grandparents are showing up like that's amazing way to go. Grandparents, they're going to have that 30 year conversation with their kids and they're going to love their kids into a better place. You know, their grandkids yeah. and they just happen to be 14 year olds and sitting, you know, in our youth groups. So it's, I don't know. What do you think, Amanda? I mean, I think it's important to respond with why. So like they don't get it. Well, why don't they get it? Is it something about mm-hmm. my leadership? Am I not clear, consistent, concise with my with my emails and my communication and my resourcing? Um, or am I not asking the right questions? Am I not resourcing them in the way that they actually need for mm-hmm. where they're at, where their students at with their lifestyle? So I think responding with they don't get it, well, why? And then ask another why and another why, because um, I do think, like you said, we can bridge together. Um, we just have to be patient enough and um, gracious enough to find where that's at. And maybe that's on us. Maybe that's uh, on parents. But we need to start that conversation of how can we get our families to get it? And what can mm-hmm. I do to help with that? Solid. Yeah. Bailey, get the last word. No, I love that. That's I was thinking the same thing. Like, if it's a, they don't get it, if we make it a, they're not a part of this, it becomes us and them. And that is not what this is. If we're partnering with parents, it's an us, like it's us mm. together collectively um, partnering with parents. And so um, we want to approach it in a way that is like, how do we help them? I mean, if a student didn't get a concept, we're not going to be like, oh, well, sorry, guess you're not going to learn how to read your Bible. Like you approach <laughs> it differently. Like you look at it differently. A student, like people learn differently from other people. And so how do we help um, communicate it in a way or make it more applicable or um, like we need to figure out what they need and help them get it. And so just looking at it from a different perspective or lens or, you know, whatever, um, just to make that bond stronger, um, to grow relationally with them so that we do have a stronger bridge, like you were saying, and be able to communicate that better with them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it sounds like we've all made use of um, access. Uh, I want to give David, you just a, a couple seconds to talk about, um, to tell everybody out there as much as we've already talked about it, what's the vision and, and tell us more about what, what you do through access. Love to caring adults are the hero. So caring adults are parents, grandparents, youth workers, teachers, you're the hero. Access is your research assistant. And mm-hmm. we want to see Jesus and the gospel be at the center of your families, the center of your churches center of cultural issues. And so our job is to study what's going on and be experts on eight to 18 year olds and to provide like little content pieces here and there along that journey, mm-hmm. that one conversation journey. So there are three resources that we have that I just love. I use them with my youth group. Culture Translator, every Friday just says, here's what's going on, here's a slang term, I mentioned that. You will feel ahead of your kid eventually. Um, if you're on that every other week. Second thing is we have parent guides. I have a hundred of them. I bet three of them are dead on for you. And so dead on for you through whatever they're facing. And if you don't have it, we'll write it. And then the third thing, and this is listen here, bivocational youth pastors. Not all of us can be full-time like Bailey and Amanda, who have that big job, who are rolling into church every day. Um, <laughs> some of us might be wondering what's going to happen Sunday morning, Saturday night. So uh, at, at Access, we have these resources called Conversation Kits. And we'll take a topic like anxiety and we'll make four 10-minute videos about it. 
and like you you stream that sucker and it will have current media clips in it it'll have discussion questions baked into it it's great if you have volunteers who aren't really feeling strong chops for teaching quite yet and then you just have to hit pause and say let's talk about this and i mean a 10 minute video if the kids feel comfortable with each other you can talk about it for an entire 45 minute session and and you know what i use that and then i study a book of bible in my group so right now we just did the pair we've been doing parables of jesus for a couple last three or four weeks and we're about to do our conversation kit on music after that uh, we just did a conversation kit um on mental health previous to this so those are the three resources it depends on which region which nazarene region you're a part of because different nazarene regions have made access resources like free cheap uh but typically it's you know a couple hundred bucks a year for membership and you're good to go i would say that's what i was going to say at our uh, region we actually have made it a hundred dollars uh in the southeast region for anybody who wants to jump in and the region um pays the rest uh, awesome. in fact we gave away five of them at our last ny convention so if you want to get access and you're like, man, that's out of my price range, talk to your district, uh, your DP. I promise you it's something that you can, they can make happen for you. Uh, by the way, if you use all these resources, raise your hand. You can't see, but everybody's raising their hand. So <laughs> um, if you're driving, don't raise your hand because that's dangerous. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you, Amanda Bailey and David for jumping on. Um, if you have not yet checked it out, go to access.com or you can download the app. Um, access.org. So access, I'm sorry, access.org. Access.com will be security cameras. Don't buy security cameras. Don't do that. It's not going to help you with your, you know, discipling your kids and not going to appreciate it when you put those security cameras on access.org. So, access.org. Or again, what's, uh, how, how are they going to find the app in the, in the app store? What's access it look like? One. Access one. There you go. Make sure that you find both of those download and use proficiently. Um, Again, if, if you love, if you like this resource, if you enjoyed hearing about this, go to nyiconnect.com and there are blog posts, there are articles, there's a lot more information there. All of our show notes are going to be there on that website. You're going to have links so that you can get to access, so you can get to uh, Amanda and Bailey and David's notes. Um, and again, for more on engaging and partnering with parents, check out nyiconnect.com. And if you'd like to download these resources, some of them that we talked about, uh, visit show notes nyconnect.com. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to um, ask, uh, to comment on the podcast, uh, let people, let us know that you're listening, that you're out there, that you are somewhere raising your hand in traffic and endangering the lives of people just to give one more second of attention to us. If you have a friend that comes in mind or parents that come in mind, please share this link, just send it along. Um, we'd love to get as many people involved and resourced as possible. Um, so again, thanks to my guests. Uh, any any last thoughts, you guys, as you're heading out the door? Except bye bye. Thank you. Yeah, you thanks for having us. <laughs> sure, David. Again, thanks for being on. We know you're busy. Um, we look forward to hearing how more of us are using what you do, change lives not only of parents and teenagers, but their whole families together. Um, I'm so encouraged right now. I am yeah. just so encouraged by Amanda and Bailey. And I'm just encouraged by all of you who are raising your hands when you're driving. I mean, Access is here uh, to support you. And the awesome work that you're doing, probably underappreciated, probably for low pay, probably squeezing in with another job and busy family life. Just so grateful that you're investing in the rising generation of families. Really, really, really cool. Well, thanks again for joining us. Until next time, put your hand down, you're driving. <laughs>